Yeah. Uh, I got no time. I'm exhausted. I'm too broke. Uh, got a full-time job and I'm a mother of four. Uh, no more excuses. You can leave that at the door. Kaylee Gray, break it down. Time to let the world know. If you want to be an artist, let the world be a stage. Working every day. Let's see just what it takes. Uh, how to be an artist with Kaylee Gray. No more excuses. And that's all I got to say. Yeah. I used to be what I will graciously call passive. I had and have a really good life. I was born into a self-made wealthy family. Every bit of my life and the lives of my ancestors was put together so that I could live an easy life. My parents did this weird thing where they actually loved each other. They loved me too. My sister was amazing. My friends were amazing. None of us did drugs. School came easy to me. Everything came easy to me. Life was easy. And because of this, I just let life do its thing. I allowed the mother of my high school boyfriend to fill in on a university application for me. And I went there simply because I got in. I didn't put any thought into what degree I was going to do. It was chosen based on what I didn't want to do. I found a group of incredible friends within my first week of being in a new city at university because we were the only English speakers in the residence. I even met my future husband while I was playing around on my computer. Life was good. And it was certainly good enough. And then a few things started creeping in from the cracks that I had ignored. I grew into the biggest depression of my life. I didn't fall into it. I wasn't smacked in the face by it. I allowed myself, little by little, to grow into something simply because I didn't make an effort not to. I didn't go to the psychologist. I didn't force myself out of bed right when the feeling started. I didn't learn coping strategies. I simply allowed it to consume me. I welcomed the depression like an old blanket and I hid in its cozy fort. In my second year of university, I had a breakdown. I can still distinctly remember the exact moment that I curled on the floor in a university resident shower and I cried. I can still almost smell the shampoo. My depression lasted for a year. In this time, I destroyed myself. I went onto medication and I went off it without the required weaning. I went to absolutely zero university classes. I ignored my friends. I fought with my family. I became friends with the wrong people, the wrong person. I slept past my feelings. I ate my feelings. I dyed my hair for the first time so that I wouldn't look like myself. I stopped contact with my best friend and future husband. I drank in the middle of the day because I heard that's how people coped. It didn't work. And that stopped like immediately. I cried a lot. And even that cry wasn't anything. It was just a little passive cry. I spent a lot of time in the bath. I became a shell. I allowed myself to break. I was broken. And then the bricks that my family, my friends, my future husband had been building for me when I was too weak to do so myself, started forming a foundation, then a house. And then I could stop living in my depression blanket fort and I could move in there. I allowed myself to be looked after. And after 365 days of the worst year of my life, 
with the work of people who surprisingly still loved me, it left me. Looking back, that was the sign. The years that followed that magically saw me get my degree. I long distance dated my eventual husband, moved in with the guy, moved 12 more times, went through a bunch of smaller depressions. I found a corporate job thanks to a family friend's contract, contact and I got married. And then my husband T had a job offer that involved a year in my favorite country in the world. This job offer wasn't handed to him. It wasn't given to him by default. They thought of him because he had won the student competition with the company. I'd been around when he was working towards this competition. It was held in his last year of his studies. It was in addition to his crazy engineering workload. He and his team spent nights in the labs on this project. When I say nights, I mean until 5 a.m. when he would nap for an hour and then go to class. I mean that this happened more than once. I was waiting for him in his dorm room during one of my visits. I never saw him. I played Sims in his freezing dorm room and I made a little tea sim to hang out with. He and his group actively worked on this project for so long and so hard that there was no doubt that they'd win. They won a stack of money for the university and a trip to see the company in Germany. I joked that based on all the time I had put into not seeing him, I deserved a trip to Germany. I got my trip to Germany and with that, everything changed. Germany began with my husband and I in different countries. Because our marriage pastor was lazy, we were only legally married in the system ages after our February wedding. This meant I could not get a visa, which meant that only after two months, three months of our brand new marriage were spent really far away. The other problem was that I was essentially homeless in South Africa because we had moved out of our apartment in preparation. I lived out of a suitcase at my parents until the visa would come. We had no idea when, and this not knowing is the worst part of anything. Staying with my parents was restorative. I allowed my parents to look after me. Restorative. But I still had nothing to actually do. No job, no hobbies, not even something to clean. And so I started a project I had seen and never gone around to. Project Life. And Project Life showed me that I was actually doing things and not completely useless during this transition period of nothing. It also made me say yes to a lot of things, just so that I could take new photos. Along with my parents, Project Life saved me from a depression. Now, uh, a Project Life still isn't quite in South Africa, and so in 2013, it was even less there. I had to be really active in the way I looked for it. I could only use digital products or scrapbooking paper from the early 2000s. So I was using almost exclusively Paisley Press digital scrapbooking products. That's how I discovered that whole world. I discovered that creative teams meant that you got to use your favorite products that you would use anyway, but be paid for it. I applied to be on the Paisley Press creative team. When I look back at what I was making, I have no idea why Liz said yes to me. This truly changed my life. It was reinforcement that I was doing what I was doing mattered enough that someone actually wanted me using her products and showing people. It was reinforcement that this was a worthwhile project that other widows were doing too. It forced me to keep doing this, if only to make stuff that's not utterly crap to put on the Paisley Press blog. 
I couldn't simply stop doing this like I'd done with any other hobby before. This was something was something that had to continue. I put that big, exciting email from Liz as a photo in my album. And then my visa came. I went to Germany. In Germany, everything was magical. Uh, Germany has castles and fairy tea and dogs and nice people and beer drinking in the cinema. Germany has Amazon and scrapbook Werkstatt and really, really good internet. Germany had adventures. Over time, these adventures were reserved for weekends since T had to do the thing we came here for and work. After a trip to France, after Lübeck and Heidelberg, after Rome and Tuscany and Greek islands kept me busy, I had five days straight with nothing to fill my time until T and I could do something. I had an entire year during which it was literally illegal for me to work. We joked and we said that I'd retired at 25. So I had a year to do all the things I ever dreamed of doing. Except the problem was that I never had any dreams. What did I want? Who did I want to be? I had no idea. There was no big life revelation that happened. No core changing life event. This was not a confetti filled revelation. It was not a eureka moment. This was a slow change. I looked at my current life and the tiniest, tiniest part of me whispered at the possibility of more. After 25 years of suppressing that voice, I'm not even sure how I heard it. At the time, there was absolutely nothing wrong with my life that I could see. Looking back, I can be more objective about it and I know that the way I was living was directly contributing to my depression. My relationships suffered. There were big stretches of time that I couldn't account for, even directly after they happened. I wasn't living to my potential. Potential. I still hate that word. It feels dirty on my lips. That's why the negatives of passive living are so difficult to quantify. You can't quantify the things you've missed out on. The true measure is how much you could have done. And could is not a scientific measurement. After years and years and years of ignoring that voice, I made a list. It wasn't a grand list by any stretch of the imagination. It was 25 things I wanted to do at 25 years old. It really didn't matter what those 25 things were. It mattered that there were words after each number. After the Paisley Press creative team, this was my second step into actually doing something i still have that list that list taught me a lot of things about myself firstly that i needed to take time determining what would be on the list i'd revise 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 secondly that i actually liked making a list of things to do and i liked being deliberate instead of passive and thirdly it taught me that i really love doing things with purpose from that list I started actively seeking things that grew me. I didn't care what they were. I just cared that they were things. I made deliberate my focus word for 2014. And in every single decision that I made, I made sure to choose the option that was not passive. And that stretched me. It wasn't easy. I had a lot of setbacks. I started searching for things that made getting the stuff done easier. I devoured books on books on books about the topic I did things that had an inkling 
about at some stage so that it wouldn't sit in my mind making cobwebs. I finally started the Etsy store that I'd always wanted. I sold things made with my own two hands, plus Photoshop and some love. I got into blogging. I made friends with similar people. And then we live, left Germany. And we left Germany to live in the city that I always hated. So it's it's the type of city that people live in to make money. That is, that's why people live there. There's no other reason. Income is high because the standard of living is so low in the city compared to the rest of South Africa. It has the highest crime statistics in South Africa. I hated going outside. It was literal security risk. I was 1,200 kilometers from my family. The internet and the electricity was unstable. I struggled. I struggled a lot. The only thing stopping me from staying in bed under the covers every single day was my maid, Juliet. We also got a dog and I bought my dream car, Fiat 500. Things helped, but I stopped doing things. I slowly started my default passive living again. I could feel the comfort of depression starting to envelop me. I didn't want to do that to my husband. And so I started making an effort to move away from it. I started with very little things. And then I went on to big things. I officially quit my job. I started my own little company with mostly design work. Plus a little bit of Etsy store thrown in. I worked hours and hours and hours. I went to sleep at 1am and I woke up three or four hours later really excited to carry on working. I ticked things off the to-do list and I felt really good about myself. It was really tough, but I knew what the alternative was. And then one of my favorite bits happened. Along with my internet BFF, Lauren, we decided we were tired of the creative things we wanted to do that were never done and we started with our journaling. We committed doing something on an ongoing basis, making art journaling a habit, even though we had yet to make a page. And for some magical reason, it worked. Others joined us and the momentum built. This turned into GMAC. And now we have over 2,000 members with people making things every single day. GMAC has turned into the most amazing community and the people who are part of it have helped prevent and get through many breakdowns. The best part is that I'm not finished. Doing things makes me want to do more. It makes me aim higher. It makes me excited for the future. I'm faced with a choice every single day. Depression or doing something. Some days the choice is harder to make than others. Sometimes I actually do choose depression. But I've grown. I'm so much better than what I was. I've leveled up and I'm really passionate about helping you level up too.